You're listening to the Counterculture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. Did you know that people who own less stuff are happier? We only have the stuff you need. It sets you free from being overwhelmed by possessions. Our family is working towards this reality as we speak. Hopefully we'll experience the heavenly bliss very, very soon. Courtney Ellis is the author of three books, including Uncluttered, Free Your Space, Free Your Schedule, Free Your Soul. And look at how fun that uncluttered tactic looks like right there. It makes you want to quickly clean the house and get out to the beach. One reader says about her book, Uncluttered is a funny, non-judgmental, down-to-earth guide not just for cleaning out junk, but for laying hold of freedom. Here on the Counterculture Mom Show, we are all about freedom. Let's get the junk out of our lives and breathe again. I'm your host, Tina Griffin, and this week we are cleaning house people. Let's do this with author, speaker, pastor, and declutter queen, Courtney Ellis. Courtney, thanks for chiming in from California. Thank you so much for having me, Tina. Yes, and your environment behind you looks clean. (laughs) <laughs> you got to live it. If you're going to talk about it, you got to live it. Now, it doesn't even surprise me you'd be talking about decluttering and making time for play in your life because you live how many miles from the beach down there? About seven. Yeah, it's rough. It's a rough life. Rough life. No wonder you're all about keeping things clean so you can get out there and lay out. Courtney, you and your husband, also Pastor Daryl, live in Southern California. You have three kids. That's right. How old are your kids? They are three, six, and nine. Are you kidding me? They're a lot younger than I thought. So you have to stay organized. We, it's a moving target, you know? They keep growing out of stuff, and then you need to buy more stuff. And yeah, it's a moving target for sure. Oh, my gosh. Okay, and you have a wide range of crowds. That's your jam from speaking of podcasts, radio stations, to bringing the word at high school getaways, to guiding leadership retreats for churches college students and retirees, do you guys sleep? Every once in a while, we do. (laughs) Okay, if you want to laugh, be refreshed and find inspiration and get organized, you are the guru. You used to feel very overwhelmed years ago, almost all the time. Why was that? We had too much stuff. My husband and I were living in the Midwest and in this big old farmhouse, and we moved from the Midwest to California to a tiny condo, but we brought all of our stuff because we needed all of our stuff, or so we thought. <laughs> and that was the start of, of realizing that there was a different way. And actually, our possessions at a certain point, they start to own us rather than us owning them. So was it one day you woke up and said, that's it. You got some big trash bags. You threw some stuff out the window. How did you go from a lot of stuff in a moving truck to a smaller apartment in Southern California and getting rid of a bunch of it? The the key that unlocked it for me was the dining room table. We had my family's dining room table. I had eaten dinner on this as a child. We had moved it across the country and I couldn't let it go, but it took up our entire living room and dining room and into the hallway. And people kept asking, what's with the table? Are you going to host a banquet? What's your plan? And so at one point I called my mom and I was in tears and I said, I think we have to let the table go. And she said, yeah, I was wondering when you were going to figure that out. It doesn't fit. And 
without permission and her blessing, I listed it online, one of those sale groups in the social media platform, and a pastor's wife messaged me in the first five minutes. And she said, we have been looking for a table like this to host dinners at our church. And God was like, can you hear me now? So there was a reason you hauled it 4,382 miles across the country. Yes, God had a plan for that table. That is so funny. Have you ever gone over to her house and ate on the table? I have not. She was uh, she's 50 miles away from here. Uh-huh. She came down and she grabbed it. Uh, but God had a plan for it. And often we cling to possessions that God wants us to let go of, not only for our good, but for someone else's good. They can go and bless someone else. Oh my gosh, I have a ton of questions for you. So I we moved like 15 times in the last 10 years. We got four kids, 13 and under. What do you do to decide what to let go of, what to keep? And what if you have one spouse that wants to keep a bunch of stuff and the other spouse can't wait to light a match? I think almost every marriage has one saver and one tosser, and God does that to help make us holy or else drive us nuts, one of the two. Um, So I love that question. I think part of it is having the end goal in mind. So what is it that God has called you to do, and what do you need in order to do that? Because often we surround ourselves with things because those things have memories or sentimental value, or we feel responsible. Well, this was a gift. I couldn't possibly give it away. But when we keep that end goal in mind, God has called me in this season to pastor and to parent and to write. So what I surround myself with needs to aid those goals. Um, And that helps. Having the purpose in mind really does help. That was so well said. Did you ever look back in time? Like you're making me excited right now to say after this episode, I'm I'm gonna be weeding out. Like I thought I'd get rid of a bunch of stuff. I'm looking right now thinking, no, I, I give myself like a C minus. Did you ever look back in time and say, I wish I would have kept that one shirt when I was down there ziplining in Costa Rica, or I wish I would have kept that dining room table? And if you do have that memory, how do you quickly get out of your head so you don't start shedding some tears? I do. I agree. I have a particular hoodie. It was weird and stretched out and I miss that hoodie every day. And it was hideous, but I miss it. But I think when I think of that one hoodie versus all of the other things that have flowed through my hands, because we ultimately aren't even owners of our possessions. We're stewards of them. God gives them to us for a purpose, for a season to flow through our hands. So when I get sad about the hoodie, I remember the thousand pounds of other things that would be cluttering up my space if I had held on to them as well. And I pray for a new hoodie sometime in my future that meets that standard because that thing was awesome. You're going to get a new hoodie. You are. Let's talk after this recording. You're going to get a new hoodie. I totally know what you're talking about. The memories, the sentimental value, where you were when you're traveling and wearing it, all of it. I don't even know where to begin with all my questions for you today. If a person does not declutter, what could they possibly be missing out on in life? You'll miss out on extra time. You'll miss out on extra space. And often you'll miss out on that purpose God has for you. One of the the growing edges for my husband and I is hospitality. We want to be people who are able to offer hospitality to our neighbors, to strangers, to folks within our church. And we realized our guest room did not say welcome. We're in this tiny condo. We had this tiny corner set aside for guests, but it also had all of the classic Nintendo things and all of the workout equipment and the Christmas storage. And nothing says welcome welcome. Like there's nowhere for you to even sit down. We said, okay, if God is calling us to hospitality, then that means that priority needs to also be a space priority in our lives, which means letting go. We can have one box of Christmas decorations. We don't need 58 boxes of Christmas decorations. And I'm as festive as the next person, but you can put limits on things. 
This is so good, though. If you had some people coming over to use that guest bedroom where you couldn't tell it was a guest bedroom, you could just tell them you were collecting stuff to give to them when they came over. <laughs> right. Take your pick. Which, which CDs say, would you like? Which no one has a CD player, but we all have CDs. That is so funny. If you ever have me over, I'll come grab your Nintendo system you just talked about. I love that stuff back from the 80s. Okay. Why is it so hard to get rid of things? I know that it's sentimental, but what are some other reasons where people just feel like they have to hold on to everything? It often is that nostalgia. It's that sentimentality. And suddenly it's not just the sweatshirt. Like you said, it's the memories of where you wore it and what life was like. And I always tell folks, take a picture. A picture takes up no space. And then you have the memory and you won't forget the thing because those memories are important and our possessions serve as aids to memory. Another reason is feeling obligated. I wanted to keep that table because it was my table. It was my parents' table. And I thought if I got rid of it, they'd be devastated. But we have to realize that the goal of a gift is to bless the receiver. And at the point at which this is no longer a blessing, part of the gift is the freedom to let it go. Oh, you're good. I already got my post-it note out. It's going to be a wild episode. I have my grandma's sewing machine from, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago. Do I know how to use it? No, it probably doesn't even work right, but it looks great. And I set it in the guest bedroom to put stuff on it. It's not working. So you're getting me encouraged right now to list that beast and give someone else some joy in knowing how to sew. Also, could keeping your clutter be tied to afraid of change and new things and that whole scenario? Can you explain a little bit about what the tie-in might be with that? Absolutely. We do. We get attached to those memories and feel like if we let go of this, things will change and we're not always ready for change. And that's another reason that keeping that ultimate purpose that God is calling you to in mind really is valuable. You may be in a situation where having a lot of jigsaw puzzles is actually important. The neighborhood kids come over and play them and you do them. Or you may be in a situation where you have a thousand jigsaw puzzles and God is like, hey, (laughs) hey, I would like you to do something else with your time and with your money and with your space. And so listening to the Lord is a really important piece. It's not just decluttering so our house can be on a magazine cover. It's decluttering because God is calling each one of us to a deeper purpose. And we need what we need for that journey. And we don't need more than that. Okay, you're so good that I'm listening to you, getting four ideas in my head, paying attention to you and forgetting the things I all want to say that you're reminding me of. When you talked about um, getting rid of things you really don't need, I can see already where I get my four kids involved. Let's clean out your bedrooms, sell stuff on the street for dirt cheap to give joy to some other families, and then using that money to give to the homeless or donate to someone in need, like a family that might have lost stuff in a fire. That way, it's kind of like a win-win where everybody wins. And of course, the ultimate goal is I win because there's less junk for me to look at that's sitting on the floor and, and trip over a middle part of the night. I love how you think. All right. Find out how less stuff equals more freedom right after a word from our sponsor. When a woman hears her baby's heartbeat, she is 80% more likely to choose life. Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in America, and over 188,000 babies are alive as a result. Will you help us save 2,000 babies? One ultrasound is just $28, and $140 rescues five babies. All gifts are tax deductible. To donate, visit preborn.com forward slash Tina. That's preborn.com forward slash Tina. Let's save babies together. 
All right, Courtney, we have to get to this hoarder image. This is the worst case scenario. I've seen this before. I've helped different moms before in this scenario. Here it is. Let's say someone right now is somewhat watching this program on a TV that's half covered with some of that. How can they get started so they can see the progress and feel encouraged and keep going with cleaning an environment that looks like that? Yeah, I will say for for folks who have actual hoarding tendencies, there are often deeper emotional things going on. And sometimes that's a good conversation to have with a pastor or with a therapist or with a counselor to dig into what's really going on, because it's usually not about the stuff. The stuff is a symptom. The stuff is one piece of what's going on. But when you want to tackle a project like that, it can be so overwhelming because it's massive. And so I always tell people to start really small with one focused area. So say, okay, today this closet, don't ever start with your junk drawer. The junk drawer is like Pandora's box and you'll never get to the end of the junk drawer. You'll always have a junk drawer. I have a junk drawer. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But maybe you say, okay, we're going to uncover the couch today. We're going to uncover the couch. Um, take everything off the couch and assume that you're going to get rid of all of it. And then look in the pile and say, what do I absolutely essentially need to save? Because if you pick up one item at a time and say, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? You'll be exhausted by item number six and you'll never get there. Take it all out. Assume you're getting rid of all of it. And then say, what do I absolutely want to save? Um, And let things go on to a better life. Sometimes that better life is in the dumpster. It is okay. That's so good. I can also see having some neighborhood kids come over if you're living in this type of situation and just not looking at what they put in the big 50 gallon bags. I wasn't saying go out and shop. That's probably not what you want to do. Go take a walk around the block, (laughs) do something fun, go out for lunch with a friend or something. When you come back, that might be cleaned out, including the couch. And you'd scream in amazement and excitement because you forgot what your floor looked like. You forgot the, you know, 34 year old vintage, whatever you got hanging out there that was buried with the clothing. I love a before and after picture. I've been in several homes before where I just like gathering and getting out. Of course, sometimes there was one older friend of mine that wanted to kill me because I took four trips to the Goodwill and she didn't know if she was ready yet. So after that panic attack, now she is embracing her clean environment in her home again. There was a moment in there where I got a little bit nervous, kept, you know, kept my distance for a couple of minutes and then she was good to go again because it's really tough, you know, when you have a lot of memories from the past, it it makes it tough. How about the things in your home where do you have, if something's a certain age, you haven't used it yet, ditch it? Is there a certain moment in time where it's like, okay, I haven't worn this in a year, it's gone? Yeah, absolutely. Because we often hold on to just in case things, like just in case I fit into my jeans from high school, just in case (laughs) there's a monsoon and I need six umbrellas, right? And there's a group called the Minimalists. They have a podcast and their rule that I've adopted in this book is if you can get it in under 20 minutes for under $20, you have permission to get rid of it. Because it's actually very rare we need those just in case items. But when we do, you could probably get it at the gas station or at the pharmacy and you're good rather than having thousands of things take up space in your drawers forever and ever. I, I think we all have a basket of socks and we think someday I will find this sock and you've had that sock since 1992. No, no. It's okay. Make it into a puppet and then let it go. <laughs> you are, you're good. Okay. Were you always like a clean person? Like as a child, did you everything lined up all your shoes, jackets, or were you a messy child, and then something happened one night and you became clean. 
I've always liked to organize. I like how things look when they're in order. My husband is the saver. My husband has a pair of shoes from his high school prom. And every Goodwill trip, I put those shoes on top and he takes them off. And we've learned in our marriage, I have to let him keep the shoes. Um, But through seasons of life of having children and moving, the stuff does just accumulate on its own, even if you naturally are more of an organized type. And so staying on top of it becomes much easier when you start with less. Uh, Do you have the problem I have that if something's too messy in a room, you know, Luke is more tendency, we got kids in the home, let them live. They're going to leave a couple things out. If I see a couple things like more than five in a clean, nice, clean kitchen, like what you talked about, the Pinterest perfect scenario. Not that I'm that crazy, but I like it clean, you know, where I can enjoy being in the kitchen to make a meal. If there's more than five things left out, I sometimes have a hard time breathing. Is that normal? Do I have a problem? (laughs) I mean, we all have lots of problems. No, I think we're all, we're all wired to handle clutter differently and a little bit like toys out or stuff on the counter doesn't bother me. But what I've learned is like you said, I'm way more interested in cooking a meal if I start with a clean counter. Our kids play better if they wake up in the morning and they get to pull new toys down from the shelf. I I write better books when my writing desk has some order to it. So God has designed us to enjoy order, to feel more rested when there's order. And we're all bothered by different types of clutter. Crumbs on the counter really bother me. I don't think me my children too. see crumbs, oh. right? Like they, they're just not wired to see crumbs. But if we have, you know, I'm the one who puts the bag of recycling right outside the front door and I'll get to it when I get to it. My husband, like that drives him crazy. So we all have our own own things that really do matter to us. But but having less clutter does lead to more peace in the home and in our hearts because we can breathe a little bit better. We can see a little bit more clearly. There is a spiritual component to it. Yes, I completely agree. And I can hear some people saying, but you don't understand. I'm super embarrassed. I don't have people over. I want to ask for help, but I don't want them to think that I'm living in this environment, like I can't take care of myself. And because of the embarrassment, it stops people to go out there to ask for help. What do you have to say to the people tuning in right now saying, I want to call somebody right now. I I know it would help me out drastically in my life if I got some assistance, but they're too embarrassed to ask for it. How can they get over that hump? Because I love it. Like, call me if you got a bomb. I'll come over and help you out with that beast. Yeah, I think knowing that we all have things we struggle with and this is your particular thing can lessen some of the shame. So organization is something I love to do. It might be something that scares you or something you feel like you've lost control over. And that's the body of Christ is we're able to help each other with these things. I'm not the person that you want cooking. I just, it's not my strength. I cook for my family. We do okay. We have a lot of nuggets. I'm not wanting the big fancy meal, but other people have that skill and bring that. So if organization Organizing is something you love to do. Tell your friends. And if you're in need of an organizer and say, hey, I'm I'm bad at this and I've kind of fallen off the wagon here and I need someone um, to just be able to admit that we, we all have strengths and weaknesses in the body of Christ. That's why God sets us in the body. I love you. You give me so many ideas. So if someone is not good at keeping things organized and they know their neighbor across the street or from church is... We could just trade services, call that person. Hey, can you come clean my bathroom or get these 42 pounds of laundry out of my living room? Go ahead and donate it to Goodwill. That'll help 42 kids on the street with clothing and that'll help. And then that person that needs to help with the cleaning can make a meal for the person that might not be a good cook coming over to help organize. 
For sure. But you yeah, for sure. Services. Oh gosh, you got my mind going here now, sister. Okay. In your, here's what, here, I got to show this picture. This is what our home can look like. So for those of you that are afraid you're going from this, how could this ever happen? Get this in your head. This could be your home after the fact. There's not much in it, right? Yes. There wasn't, there's not much there to tidy. There's not much there to put away. So I will always have book clutter in my life. Books are my friends. You know, we have a lot of bookshelves in our home, but the beautiful thing is when you have fewer other possessions, it's actually not hard to get a handle on it. It's much easier to put away one bin of Legos than 20 bins of Legos. It's much easier to organize two pairs of shoes for everyone in the family than 15 pairs of shoes for everyone in the family. So having less makes tidying up easier and more fun. That's really good. And you have those invisible bookshelves too. So you can actually like use storage as I got this from Pinterest. Yes. You use storage as the actual decorative deal on your wall. I think when we talk about organizing and minimal, minimalist living and uncluttering, it can feel kind of sad, like just have less. But actually, it's because God is calling us to more, to more connections with our friends and neighbors, to more hospitality, to more connections with God, to more joy, to more peace. So when we start seeing that central yes, then the no gets easier because it would be really, really silly for me to collect all these tchotchkes that keep me from having time to be with my husband or to go on a hike with my kids. Why do I want to be dusting these things I don't care about when Uh, there's something bigger out there? Okay. You have another amazing question here that popped up when I was checking out your book. You said, we need a rescue from the swirling waters of busyness and stress and work. What does Sabbath keeping have to do with organization? Yeah. So the book is called Uncluttered, Free Your Space, Free Your Schedule, Free Your Soul. And the free your schedule piece goes back to this ancient practice of Sabbath, of keeping one day free from work and busyness so that we can worship and rest and play. And that was the other thing my husband and I realized is our church makes us work Sundays. I know. Can you believe it? Um, They make their pastors work on Sundays. Um, But we weren't regularly keeping another day as as our Sabbath, as our day of rest and worship and play. Because we do worship with our congregation, of course, but we're also running a lot of things on a Sunday morning. So to recapture the day of Sabbath, we tend to take Fridays. A lot of ministers will take either Fridays or Mondays. We tend to take Fridays and to keep those days holy unto the Lord. So we putter in the garden and we take a nap when we can and we read books for fun and we walk on the beach and we listen to worship music and we spend time with the Lord and that properly orders everything else in our life. You wrote a book on all this. What's the name of it and what can we find in it? Yeah. So Uncluttered talks a lot about Sabbath, but I have a, I have a book called Happy Now, uh-huh. um, Let Playfulness lift your load and renew your spirit. And it talks a lot about Sabbath and God's call to play and how play is designed to renew us, to inspire us, to unlock creativity, to bring us joy and to make the difficult things of life just a little bit easier. We got to get our hands on that. Find out how to get a copy of all of her books right after a word from our sponsor. 
Optimize your health. Protect against chronic disease. The most powerful antioxidant on the market. 172 times stronger than vitamin C. A breakthrough formula called C60 Complete. Containing the purest combination of the world's healthiest ingredients. 28,000 positive effects published in research. Backed by top scientists and leading researchers. A patented NASA-grade formula that comes in easy-to-swallow gel capsules. Get $5 off your order by going to counterculturemom.com and using promo code TINA. Where can we get your hands on your killer books? Yes, you can find them anywhere books are sold. They're on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Tyndale House, which is my publisher, Rose Hendrickson, which is my other publisher. Um, but you can find them anywhere books are sold. And you can find the first chapter of each of them on my website, which is CourtneyBellis.com. That is awesome. CourtneyBellis.com, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-B-E-L-L-I-S.com. Find this also on CounterCultureMom.com by watching this episode, clicking on the links right there in the show notes. You can get all of her information. Uh, you also have three young kids. How do you keep them focused above ministry? And I'm asking that because of myself and where we are in our family. Play is a big piece of it. Kids love to play and when we can find those ways to connect with them. And sometimes when we think of play, we think of just sports or music or board games, but just being silly with your kids and just wrestling before bed or having a dance party, let them choose the song. That's such a good way to connect with kids, to take that moment, put down the phone, put down the devices and look into their eyes. Um, and remember that God has called you all together as a family. Those things are really important and precious and easy and quick. Courtney, you're fantastic. I got to get my hands on a copy of every single one of your books. Thank you for jumping in the mix. I know that you want to go out surfing there seven minutes away from your house with your kids. So I'll let you get back on the surfboard. But thank you for your organizational tips today. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting CounterCultureMom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's CounterCultureMom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit CounterCultureMom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids. 